0: Yep, Mr. Pop. I mean, you must be the only bloke that's ever cried watching Happy Gilmore. <laughs> <laughs> this is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine.
1: Here we go. It's another week and another episode of did you just, did I just see something come out of your mouth, Mark Fine? I'm having a dart. Just, I thought the bloody screen uh, was evaporating in front of my very eyes. Uh, Hello everyone, welcome to Rock and Roll, the podcast that asks several questions and gives absolutely no answers, but you know, in between all that, we we do a bit of stuff about sport and a bit of stuff about uh, life and a bit of stuff about music and a bit of stuff about... A bit of stuff. Uh, my name's Kevin Hillier. There's Mark Fine, who's having a dart. Hello, Dave. We do a
0: bit of stuff about we do a bit of stuff about death as well. <laughs> yeah,
1: we do. Um, oh. how, are, how are you, Kevin? I'm good. I'm very good. And Brian Mannix is with us as always, the rock star in residence at the Gold Coast Penthouse. Uh, comes to us at much expense of the management. Uh, of that penthouse greetings. not of this program.
2: Hello, hello, Brian. Hello, how are you? Um, nice to be back, and uh, looking forward to tonight's show.
1: Well, look, it's been yeah. a, a busy week for everyone. Now, finally, I've I, I Facebook and I'm seeing you're doing Renault's on the shop. At Lenny's there, so uh, you're yep. obviously you're juggling a few bits and pieces there to get all that done. Yeah, yeah,
0: big move, big. That starts in a ten days. Oh, okay.
1: Good luck yeah, with all that. All
0: happening. Good luck with that. Now, yeah, I've got I've got a question for Brian. Okay. I've got a mm. mate of mine who listens to the show religiously.
2: Good on him. Yeah, needs nice to get a new God, but
0: anyhow. Um, <laughs> and he wants to know after last week's show, Brian, yeah. are you going to change the name of your old band to Uncanny X People?
2: No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> absolutely it's a, not.
0: It's a highly offensive name,
2: he said. "G." <laughs> Gentlemen, men, oh. woman, child and if you don't like he or she, you can't be they. that be it. Well you can be they, apparently. I
1: don't know how you can You can't
2: be one person
1: can't be a plural. Yeah, I know I, I get I understand,
2: so you I understand I like understand the he logic or of she that. that
1: you're stuck with it. Because whenever I read stuff and they say and they decided to do that and I read the story, you're going to go, who's the other person in this? Oh, no, hang on, it's, it's that thing again. It is, it's it is for our generation, it is bloody confusing, I have to admit, I know, and I'm, I don't care whether you do it or not, but it is bloody confusing when you're reading a story about someone and they're referring to themselves as they.
0: Well, I have made a move this week. Oh, here we go. To become a they. Oh, well, what have you done? Well, I went and got a manicure and my wife begged me to do something, so I did it. So I'm going to show you what I did and you can describe
1: it. Okay. Here we go. Had a manicure. Pulling
2: down his undies. I no,
0: had,
1: a, had a pedicure. Oh, pedicure on your on your toes. Okay, pedicure on your toes. Here we go. Hang on, you need to get a bit further up so we can see it here. This is fabulous podcasting. Um,
2: oh, I don't know how this camera works. That's obvious. <laughs> well, we can see your ankle. It's lovely. <laughs> yeah, it's delightful. I oh,
1: can't on. What, is, what was that lovely Dame Edna line? What is it about uh, Demi Moore that uh, everyone likes? It's about her ankles. What is it about her ankles? Well, she puts them beyond her ear rolls. Um, what are you doing, Finey? i got no idea how to do it. So you've done something to your toenails. So you've got some little. I painted, painted my, my nails. toenails. You painted your toenails. Whack. I reckon that makes you a they. Uh, 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 maybe a them. You. Maybe you're one a, of them. It can't
2: be a they or a them. Can he be, no, he it. can He can be one of them. Look, you don't want to be he or she, but you can't be plural. Otherwise, <laughs> still a, you call yourself I'm, crowd. I'm still a he and I'm just all worried every
0: time
2: just, I look at my face. <laughs> Have you, I'm, um, I'm going to be a crowd from now on. Well, there you bring your own crowd, Brian. I a crowd. <laughs> yes, you know, yeah. they, uh, crowd is just an exaggeration of the stupidity of they.
1: I don't understand. It. I don't get it. I don't get it. But I was
0: thinking about last week. Yeah. About that thing about British Airlines. Oh, yes. uh, the,
1: the, the opening uh, monologue of uh, when you jump on a flight.
0: Yeah, and I've been on a lot of flights and I've never, ever heard the captain say, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Boys and girls, I've never heard them, they just say, welcome to flight, blah, blah, blah. What's ladies and gentlemen, what, what's he going to do, come
2: out and tap dance? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't mind the bit of ladies and gentlemen. No,
1: oh, the, the, the hosties do, though, nice. or the flight attendants, they do they, say, they? ladies and gentlemen, welcome on board. Gentlemen, I have, welcome heard
2: to that. flight, yeah, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to flight yep. 453 to Coolangatta. Today, we're expecting to there, we've yep. got a tailwind, we'll get there, blah, blah, blah.
1: Yep, yep, you hear that all the time on Not Yet Star. How about boys and girls? <laughs> no, I don't. What's wrong I, with don't that? I don't know that they go to the boys and girls part of it, Finny. <laughs> I don't reckon they do that for a very obvious bloody reasons. You <laughs> get to say hello, everyone. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, it's. We did that say. last week. Yeah, we did that last week. Uh, right. And and look, some some interesting and varied and uh, and and uh, appreciative feedback uh, on the social media platforms about last week's program. Um, and uh, and Brian, uh, you're a, you you got very emotional. Um, I did during the program, yeah. and uh, a lot of uh, very positive feedback about that from from different people saying how how real it was and how they uh, they actually I won't say enjoyed it, but they they understood it and uh, and uh, and and complimented um, the three of us on on the way we handled it because we didn't turn it into you know something silly. It was actually it was it was a very, really strong and powerful moment, and uh, and that's the way it, it came out. So.
0: And my mate was—that's why he rang me. He was very moved by Brian getting moved. Yep, yep. As, saw another side of Brian he didn't know existed.
1: Yeah, and I'm—I'm I'm, I'm sure there were people who were uh, who actually yeah, thought that. I mean, we've seen that every now and again, but that was probably the most emotive you've ever been on this podcast in terms of that side well, of your emotions.
2: I had no idea it would happen. I just thought I'd be talk about the freaking movies, as you know we always do, whatever we're talking about. Yep, and it just. It just hit me, and like, wow, okay. But um, oh well, you know, you're honest with your emotions, and you know, this show we're always pretty honest about what we think and say. So there you go, and here we are. Exactly I mean, right. you, you must be the only bloke that's ever cried watching Happy Gilmore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh no, that was the one, that was the week before. Yeah, yes. <laughs> oh, goodness <laughs> me. Uh, hey, hey I've got right? something interesting to tell you about movies. Yes, he's a tearjerker too. I watched a really interesting movie on Saturday night. I'm not saying it was brilliant. It wasn't bad. It was. It's worth watching. Have you Have you seen the Adam Sandler movie? That's not a comedy. Well, he's a, very good in it. There's a few of those. <laughs> yeah, just, no, no, no this is, Yeah, yeah, that's that's for sure. No, this is a very serious movie.
1: What's this one called? Is it a new? Is this the new one he's done?
0: It's called un-
1: uncut gems. Yes, yeah, no, I've heard about it. Um, it's not bad. It's not oh, okay, bad. all right.
0: But he's very good in it. He acts very well.
1: Okay. Oh well, I'll, I'll have a look at it because uh, it
0: kind of reminded me when Robin Williams started doing serious movies, and he was he was quite scary in a couple of them. Oh, Robin he was Williams.
1: brilliant in Goodwill Hunting. God, he was good in that.
0: Yeah, I mean that was that was great, but he, he did one one hour photo or something. Or... Oh, that was creepy as hell. That was horrible. Yeah, yes, yes. yeah, and, and, and he was really creepy in it. So,
1: have you ever seen John? You know John Boy from the Waltons. Um, his name escapes. He's gone straight out of uh, Richard Thomas. Um, yeah, yeah. He he has been in a couple of things where he's been um a a really really scary human being. Um. Uh, you know, the the uh, bleh, bleh, bleh sort of human being. Um, uh, sometimes people like that who had that really um, innocent and uh, and funny persona, when they turned their hand yeah. to being kind of spooky, they can actually frighten the bejesus out of you.
0: I can't remember who the comedian is. He was on Saturday Night Live, but he was one of the creepiest and he was in a few episodes of um, SVU. Law and order. Yeah, he played a serial killer. Oh my God, was he scary? Teddy
1: was very good in that and doing that was Michael O'Keefe, um, the uh, the actor. He was very good at being scary. I'm trying to think. I uh, and I watched this a lot of SVU.
0: Who was that? He's a short bloke. I can't remember.
1: Who no, it wasn't, was but... See Martin Short's been covering up a heap on uh, social media too. But it was Martin Short. Was it Martin Short? Yep. That's who it was. Yeah. Well done. No, Martin. Short's, Martin Short's a very, very good actor. It, it's yeah, very, very good. He's very funny too, but he's also a very good yeah. actor. Yeah. Um, now, uh, Brian, you you got overlooked for the masked singer again? I thought they've got to tap you on the shoulder at some stage, surely.
2: <laughs> no, my episode's on tonight. Oh, as we speak. Sorry. Oh, I'm just uh, looking, and I'm just flicking it over now, and. Uh, no, I don't know, which, I must be on 10, that'll be right. Yeah, it is on 10. Yeah, it's about to start in about 20 minutes and um, I'll be dancing around there in my kangaroo costume.
1: Oh, okay, all right, we look forward to that. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> full of shit. Why, just call me Showbag, full of shit.
1: Ah. So why why haven't you done The Masked Singer? I'm, I'm amazed you haven't. I would have thought you would have been a walk-up start for that.
2: Well, they haven't asked me is probably the main thing. Um, That helps. uh, And I think after the review I gave Celebrity Apprentice um, and the people that made it. I think that particular company doesn't want to know about me. Oh, okay. uh, So I might have, you know, damaged myself a little bit there by saying that it was like being in a prison camp, being on Celebrity Apprentice, and they wouldn't let us go to the toilet by ourselves. We had to have somebody accompany us. Like you know, we're grown people and we've got to have somebody accompanies to the toilet for God's sake. Yep, that is and yeah, so there's a lot of stuff like that. So I just you know said what I thought. Somebody, somebody from the age asked me what I thought, and I told them. And um, it encourages and celebrates the worst in human nature under the umbrella of raising money for charity. Yeah, I think were my words, yeah, so. Jeez. i see i think that that might have had something i was about to, to say me. if
1: they didn't uh, hadn't crossed you off the list before then there was a big a big chalk mark going through your name <laughs> once I you think said that, that's why i haven't oh. done celebrity get me out of here <laughs> um, jeez yeah i might have shot
2: myself in the foot with that uh, one but oh, fair um yeah you know i'm just too honest for my own good sometimes yeah, it's interesting so, the
1: people that they get for the mask singer I, i'm i'm um I, I every time i see the promos i just want to i, I mean the panel of people they've got um, doing it uh, annoy the bejesus out of me, um, so I, can't, I, I will never watch the show for that. I, I quite like the concept. I think it's quite a cute concept, um, but, uh, yeah, the, the people doing the show just drive me nuts.
2: Yeah. Um, it's sort of a contrived oh. excitement. Yeah, you know, and it's like it's, it's it's Mr. Whippy or, you know, Ronald McDonald having a sing, and we've got to guess who it is and they're pulling names out from, you yeah. know, I think this is definitely Michael Bublé or yeah, some bullshit yeah. like this. Yeah, it's Anthony Hopkins. You know, it's, it's like, yeah, like
1: it's like it, it's about as much Anthony Hopkins as this table is.
2: Yeah, it's probably more likely Melissa to <laughs> and, you know... <laughs> You know, but we'll be, we'll be agonising that it might be, you know, Roberta Flack or somebody yeah. like that. Correct,
1: correct. Now, before we get uh, too heavily involved in the show, the one thing I want to do uh, and want to say uh, here at the at the front, um, the producer of this show, uh, the man who uh, puts it all together each week, uh, I send him the files and he, he puts it all together. His name is Steve Visher. He's been doing this show from literally day one. Um, has done yeah. almost every show we've we've ever done with this. Steve's in hospital. He had, uh, and a, a, I know he's been to uh, Lenny's and had a had a bagel with you, Finey. Um, yep. He's in hospital. He's got a, a very serious uh, medical condition with his heart at the moment that uh, that he didn't know about. That he found out about late last week, and so we just want to say to Steve, uh, the show's in good hands, mate. We'll, uh, we, you know, we're, we're going to miss you uh, for the next five or six or whatever weeks it is, or however, however long it takes you to get right before you come back. Uh, you take your time, and uh, you know, let your family look after you, and let the doctors uh, do what they have to do and have the the operation and whatever it is that you need to have done. But um, you know, take bloody care of
2: yourself. Well, they're very good with hearts these days. Yeah, they are. They're, um, they're much better than they my, were. Yeah. My mate PO just had to have a. He, I know he just was feeling a bit crook, and then they did a thing, and he just had to have a stent put in his heart. Yep. And you know, they did it all in the day. And you know, he said, "This is fantastic." You know, I'm feeling great. And I know um, other uh, my mate other mates. Parents, they kind of rewired the heart with veins from their legs. Yeah. You know that's how that's how good they are. They can do shit like that. So I'm sure Steve's going to be in very good hands, and we wish him well. And um, and as Kev says, the podcast is in very good hands.
0: Thank you, Brian. Uh, I, uh, I can't I can't help but feel partly responsible. <laughs> what did you do, funny? No, having the bagel. To edit, having to edit no, no, not that. Having to edit this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Crikey. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Yes. Um <laughs> break anyone's heart, let alone do anything that. So Steve, uh, you you get better really soon. Hey, Brian, I got a who am I for you. You know how on uh on uh, what was it, the uh, sale of the century they used to Who Am I? You got I got one for you. And you're Tony Barber. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you, who am I? I was seen leaving an Albert Park skincare clinic during the week after the most recent dose of Botox. I'm a former full forward who was a member of the 100 Gold Club.
2: Gap
1: up. Gap up. <laughs> I flew higher than Larry Donahue. I'm more tanned than Simon Beasley. God isn't everyone. Um, I wore tighter shorts than Peter Hudson, and. You know, you wouldn't expect any of those three people just mentioned to have Botox injections, but who am I, Brian? Do you think do you want to you want to you rethink your first guess?
2: That'd be the whiz, Warwick we Kappa. Well, that's a, that's a little
1: who am I that appeared um, in Ando's shout in the uh, in the uh, weekend papers. Johnny Anderson obviously spotted someone, some mysterious former one hundred goal kicking full forward, leaving a Botox clinic or leaving a skincare clinic.
2: Bad day for news, isn't it, when Warwick Capper getting Botox is in the news. Well, it was uh, wow. right, down
1: the, right down the bottom of the page. And I saw him about four times during that Swans game on the weekend. They kept showing him because he was jumping up and down every time the Swans kicked a goal.
2: Well, he shouldn't be jumping up and down with his Botox settling in, should he? Well, doesn't bo- – sort of
1: what do you mean? He still
2: boat. for a bit.
0: He, he, he wasn't getting his ball set done. <laughs> <laughs> just his face. <laughs> that would take a lot of Botox. Uh,
1: yes, his forehead. You can show movies on his forehead now. It's funny. It's about it's it's what do they call that? Cinematic size. Now his forehead. My God,
0: you can't believe some of the cosmetic surgery they do. Like oh, here we go. Well, I mean, my missus goes to one of those beautician places, and she and do you know what? What they asked her. Um,
1: uh, I don't know whether I want to know, but go on, tell me. Are you allergic to anything? No, they
0: they said to her, they said to her, do you want to get your arsehole blooched? And she said, and she said, no, I'm I'm happy with my husband's hair, the colour it is. (laughs) It's fine.
1: It's very good. No, it is fine. He is fine and everything is fine. Uh, uh, Almost... (laughs) Just
2: you, you, can get, you can get that done for some reason. Yeah, well, I do, let's move on. Um, Kanye sings <laughs> about it. Kanye sings about it in, I think it's called The Father's Hands or something like that. And it's about 15 songs in one, but one bit, but I think we've spoken about it before, mm. but let's remind everybody. Yeah, good. Okay, and he goes, if I F a model, she just bleached her asshole. I might get bleaching in my T-shirt and I look like an asshole. So... Yep. It has been written about in song.
1: Uh, it's no Mother Mary comes to me singing words of wisdom, let it be, is it? It certainly hasn't got that, <laughs> that kind of resonance about it. Um, you
2: should have seen can the I original you, uh, lyrics uh, Brian, it
1: be. I want to ask you a question about Carnegie what's his face? Now, I saw a photo in one of the papers on the weekend or on, on my computer on social media of him and his wife now, whoever he's married to. I've got no idea who he's married to, nor do I care. But they're leaving a restaurant, and she is got. She's wearing a pillow, or they're not not wearing a pillow. She's holding a pillow over the front of her body, and then underneath the pillow, which covers you know, sort of to the top of her to the bottom of her um, uh, body, um, where the legs and the body join. Then they've they put a little censored sign across there. So all she literally has on. She, well, she has nothing yeah. on, but she is holding a pillow over her breasts, and most of the the downstairs department.
2: But uh, she's got a bit of a jutsi hanging out, there.
1: and and walking and walking the streets. Sorry, did I miss something where clothes became an optional extra in uh, in in
2: modern society? It's a protest. Uh, she's making a statement. It's a protest. Right. And- okay. If you can't see what's a foot here, then God help the world. No, it wasn't a no, foot; it
1: was about but, eight inches. It wasn't quite no, a foot. But, <laughs> well,
0: as, as you can imagine, I am no fan of Kanye West. I think he's the greatest dick that God's ever put breath into. Fair him, I mean, he's an absolute. His behaviour is unacceptable. Not just because I'm Jewish, just because he's a
2: fuckwit. But yeah, fair, enough. <laughs> no, that, <laughs> that's a fair enough. That's a fair enough. It's a fair enough assessment. But, but so you, you don't have to be Jewish to think that he's a fuckwit, is that what you say? <laughs> well, you should think he's a fuckwit because he is. <laughs>
0: um, you know, anyhow, whatever. But I got you know, she's an Australian girl and if she's a good wife, because I, I admire her, I've got to say, because I saw photos of them on a on a boat in Venice, and she seemed to be very concerned about his safety because she I think she was blowing up his life vest
2: or something. From oh, oh, of
1: that's <laughs> very violent. That's very charitable of her.
0: Yeah, but, you know, there, there she was down there. There you go.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All hands on deck.
2: Yeah. Like when they were yeah. blowing up the autopilot in uh, yes. Flying High. Yes. yes. Right. yes. Oh, oh, All hands blow up. on deck, as they say in New Zealand. Exactly right. Thank you, finally.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: Um, that makes you think. what is that show in uh, You know, below deck. How does that rate in New Zealand? Oh, Go <laughs> the roof! Well,
1: it? It, its first episode rated uh, the highest ever ratings New Zealand television had ever had, and then everyone realised it was deck,
0: deck. <laughs> I thought he said, deck. No, he it's said deck. Called, <laughs> it's not called below deck in New Zealand. What's it it's called? called? Testing-
1: Testicles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Hey, you know, the other weirdest that one of the weirdest things I saw, saw all week, apart from Carne and his, his wife uh, walking out with a pillow there, um, Sylvester Stallone had a meeting with the Pope. Pope Francis met with Sly Stallone at the Vatican on the weekend.
2: Look out for Rocky Seven. <laughs> what on earth?
1: Would would the Pope be doing meeting with Sylvester Stallone?
2: He's fighting for God. <laughs> oh
1: goodness me. Yeah. Well wouldn't well, he, he be wouldn't he fair. be wouldn't it be Rocky it'd be have to be in line with the Pope. So if Pope Francis is Pope Francis the Fourth or something, it'll be Rocky VVV or whatever.
2: Anyway Yeah, that's right. So, Rocky know. Rocky versus Francis. Oh, Rocky so, fights so, the Pope. Because
0: the Pope wanted to change his name from Pope Francis the Fourth to Rocky the <laughs> Seventh.
2: Yeah. And and what's gonna happen in the movie uh, is that Rocky will be fighting for the Pope. Yeah. But the Pope will be in the corner like Mickey was. <laughs> you know, in the Rocky movies. Right, you
1: know,
2: it's not a lie. It's a lie. And the Pope will be going my job to keep you healthy, keep you winning. Okay. Now you're Rocky, throw in. look yeah, can't. Be like that. So, who's playing
1: the Pope in uh, in this movie? uh really like Al Pacino Pope with a bad
0: Francis, accent. Pope Francis the Fourth himself.
1: Yeah, oh, he's playing himself. Of course, he, he
0: is.
2: Well, and the director has agreed to um, give him an audition. They're not going to guarantee him the role, right? Um, because you know. Martin Short is available, <laughs> and uh, and uh, so is Wesley Snipes. So you know, yeah, going to be a bit tricky
1: keeping it keeping it inclusive. Um, all right, uh, now footy from the weekend. Let's talk about that. Uh, Collingwood got it done, Finny, but Jamaica. The, I know, I know. You're still probably a little upset oh, with no. St Kilda bowing no, out, but no.
0: I think I think no, the Saints not.
1: should be very happy with their year.
0: Not upset. GWS are a better team. Yep. And that was obvious all day. And we could have – Brian Mannix's nasty, snipey, bitchy words were ringing in my ear during the day. They're going to thrash you because a few times it looked like it was going to be an absolute smashing. But we kept coming at him. But that result was absolutely correct. About four goals are different. And that's – so it was a good result because yep. they can – they can cause a bit of havoc in the finals. We obviously couldn't. We're not, you know, we we were good for making the finals. We weren't good for winning them. But everybody knew that. Yep. Collingwood, I mean, that was a, I mean, a, look, the game, Melbourne, what's the definition of insanity, they say? Doing the, doing the same doing the thing same,
1: over and over and over again expecting a different result.
0: Well, that's exactly what Melbourne did all, all evening. Kicked the ball high into a forward line that had no players there that could take a contested mark. Why, why are you doing the same thing over and over again? I mean, you know, the, the final score was not indicative of the game. Collingwood were never going to lose that game. And, in fact, the Collingwood Melbourne game and Carlton Sydney game were very similar games. The, the better team led early and the other team, I mean, Sydney maybe had a better chance than Melbourne. Melbourne was never going to win that game. Now the more interesting thing is the whole uh, Maynard Brayshaw, beeswax. Yes, um, I am. I was clear on it the minute I saw it. That should not be a suspension. Okay. Now it's a dangerous game. This footy, you you can't. You got to you know early in a game in a final, everybody's going hell for leather. He was absolutely trying to smother that ball. And people go, well, then you can't brace yourself for contact. Well, don't worry. If he didn't brace himself, then they'd both be knocked out. I mean, it's just at some point you've got to accept that there are inherent dangers in football and you can't legislate against all of them. Because what do you want to do? Take out the desperate lunge? Take out? You can't. He was not to, and I I think I can prove I'm correct because, yes, Todd Viney flew the flag a few seconds later after the goal, but the initial reaction of the players was not one of a non-football act. The Melbourne players were not incensed by it. They didn't rush in from everywhere to have a piece of Maynard. Obviously on the ground, they felt it was a football act. He should not be rubbed
1: out. A really interesting point you make there because I think you've hit the nail on the head. They reacted to Brayshaw being on the deck, being being knocked out, not the actual act. No,
0: they did not rush in for a, a non-football act. Yeah, not I, at all. I agree with that. Though
1: so I've had it put to me by a bloke who played a lot of, uh, to nearly 300 games of uh, AFL footy when I discussed not it with enough. him. Uh,
0: not enough. I need 300 plus.
1: Okay, um, he <laughs> he, uh, he said that uh, he's he's done it himself. He said I've done exactly what he what main I did, and I was when when in the act of doing it, you get to a point where you go, "Well, I'm up here now. I might as well do something." And he said, "Turning the shoulder in and directing it towards Brayshaw meant that he did in the end want to hurt him." was it
0: Steve?
1: Nah. What? was it? I'm, not sure. I'm, me, I'm, I'm not sure. To me, I'm not sure that's that smart, but. He might be.
0: No, no, I'm saying it wasn't Steve Wallace you were talking to. No, it wasn't. Because Steve Wallace was the, and I know I, I get to, got to meet Steve. First of all, a brilliant footballer. Yeah, great bloke. Secondly, a brilliant bloke. Thirdly, when it was legal, the best executor of a shirt front in modern football.
1: Yeah, he was, was pretty Steve good Wallace. at it. While he was a wiry little bugger, he used to he used to let a few. He in. used to
2: be
0: able to get him straight yep. down the middle. He yep. got Barker once, but. In
2: those days, you're allowed, so fair enough. Yep. Um, okay. Yeah, look. I, I reckon it was fair. Um, it just was an accidental collision. You know, I watched the replay over and over again, and, uh, you know, I thought it was a bit of an overreaction. But I reckon the Melbourne guy that lifted his elbow into the chin of some, about five or ten minutes later, Roy, that Van guy Roy. should go. I don't know who he is, but he yeah, should well, go. He got a, he got a week. Hmm. Oh, well, he deserves a week. Yeah, you got a week. He's probably yeah. lucky to get that because that was oh, well, just uh, malicious. The other yeah, one was uh, an accident. It was a
1: pissy tap, but he gets a week for it. That's the nature yeah. of the game.
2: And I, and, and
1: the, the other thing too is that, and I know this will play out tomorrow night, we're recording this show on Monday night, so this goes to the tribunal on, on Tuesday night. What the degree of, of damage to uh, Brayshaw is irrelevant... And I and I I get so annoyed with uh, whatever the outcome for the player is 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 now being used as as part of the um you know the p- parameters that you you suspend the person who who did the act. I reckon that's just crap.
0: Well, we know Brayshaw's had problems with head injuries. It's very unfortunate.
1: Yeah, it is, and he's not he's not in a good way. He's he's apparently been no. very very affected by this. Um, yeah.
0: So, but. <laughs> I'm saying it's unlucky. You, you yeah. wish you did it to Viney because because Viney Vine could take a heap of punishment, get back up and play, and then no one would say anything.
1: Yeah, I, no, like, I, I, I hope he doesn't get suspended for it. To be honest, my my personal feel was like the both of you. I thought, okay, that's it's bloody awful. It happened, and I I like watching Brasher as a player, and I think he's a really fair little player. Um, and and and. and Maynard's got a bit of mongrel in him and, and I like watching him because of that and I'd love to have him at the doggies because of that. Um, when you're on the other end of it, it's different. But I, I do think that was one of those things that he wasn't going to – wasn't. Gonna, there was nothing going to happen there that he didn't do it on purpose.
0: No, and, and I, I want to qualify what I'm saying, that I absolutely think he should get off by saying that because he plays for Collingwood, I, I'm happy that he got suspended. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, it does. Uh, no, no, he no, I don't mean that at all. No, I, I really think, I really think there's a bloke that, that's he hasn't gone out to hurt the bloke. He went, he went down. He, he, he was concerned for him as well. Look, oh, that yeah. doesn't matter. But they played junior. They matter.
1: played under 18s together. Remember, oh
0: yeah, they're, they're from sets. Yeah, they're I, good. yeah,
1: but,
2: but they were oh, under was, the, that
0: was the problem. <laughs> I used to do the Sandringham Dragons um, B and F every year. Yep. I did for five years. I remember the night I interviewed, I'm pretty sure they were both in the same team. Yeah, they were. Yeah. And I interviewed, and I had them both up on stage, you know. They're, they're good mates. Yeah,
1: they are. Know. Yeah, well, Maynard's been quoted in a couple of things I've seen. He said, I love the bloke to bits. He said, oh, yeah, I No, I'm yeah. saying
0: they're really good mates. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's very unfortunate. It's just, I, I just think that there's this whole overlay of, the AFL constantly now covering their asses for potential future litigation. I agree with
1: you 100%.
0: And you know what that says to me? The really sad thing about all of this is that if AFL football didn't – because I think it's the best game in the world. I still love it. If it didn't exist and somebody came up with it tomorrow, you'd never be allowed to play it. Yeah, correct. So you can't – yeah. In the end, you've got to be strong about your own product and say, look, it's a tough game. It's a 360-degree game. It is a dangerous game. Do we need to have waivers signed by players before they head out on the field every season? Maybe you do because I think everybody who plays the game, and I said when I umpired, even at a low level, I was staggered by the courage of players and the physicality of it up close. Oh, Sorry, if you put on a pair of footy boots, I'm really glad there's no thuggery in the game anymore. We've worked hard to get rid of that. There's nothing brave about smashing a bloke behind play. Of course, no. those days are over. But if you if you bend over backwards and try and make the game um, child safe, well, you're saying that the actual sport shouldn't exist. So have some. Have some belief in your own product and back it and say those things can happen and the guy should not be rubbed out for
2: it. They're compromising the the rules and standards of the game. The integrity. And the integrity of the game to make sure mothers let their kids play. Otherwise, the kids are going to go off and play soccer because it's safe. I
0: think it's it's even gone beyond that because I think people always used to say that. But I think now it's even more sinister because you know making it safer for kids to play well all right maybe that's okay but i think it's more sinister i think that there's a financial reason behind all of this and i find that i find that grubby
1: yep well that's that's usually what happens money money's the thing that stuffs it up uh, papers were carrying stories across the weekend banning contact sport for under 14s or brain damage will be rife so they're playing that uh, that card a lot these days in in all sports, particularly though in AFL and rugby league. Um, yeah.
0: it, no, I mean it's a very it's a very clever thing to say because it's I think it's important that kids under fourteen because if you're not playing under fourteen you're never going to play. I think it's important that kids are kept away from the sporting field and just allowed to concentrate on video games and methamphetamines. That's that's much better for their mental health. That's... that's <laughs> Not yeah.
1: Serious. Why are you running for Parliament on that? What's wrong with the world?
0: <laughs> no, no, seriously. No, I know. Let's, I, know let's, I know what you're let's, saying. Let's, it's just. It's, let's, let's, let's bulldoze all the sporting fields. Yep. Let, let, you know what would actually be better if we could get rid of all the sporting grounds and turn them into pokey venues?
1: Yes. Now, hey, now you, no, you're on it. But get me. <laughs> get Bruce Matheson on the line now. Now we're talking. No, yeah, so i mean yeah. we we're, we're taking contact out we're taking scoring out of it we're ta- Well, we are we're taking sport we're 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 completely and utterly d- evaporating uh, and i'm not saying just because we grew up doing it but we're evaporating that very thing out of out of society in a society where blokes are walking up in coffee shops in the streets of of the city that we live in and shooting people blokes are driving down the main Thoroughfare of the of the CBD in cars and running people over and killing people, then sitting on the bloody roof and waiting for the cops to come and get them. That's the society we live in. And what are we going to do? How do we fix that? Right. Let's take all contact sport out of away from kids, and let's uh, yeah, let's let them run meth labs. That'll be the go.
0: And you know, and I can tell you this: having studied, having studied this a little bit in my thirties, going back and doing psychology and sociology. Yep. Yeah that young men by their nature are looking for associations and they're hanging out with other young men it's it's human nature it's part of it's part of the growth of a child to an adult and especially in males is that group or clannish it's a want to be part of a group right yep so that's how important sporting teams are yep and Correct. if you don't have sporting teams there is a very clear alternative, and that is gangs. Yep. So if you want kids to run in gangs rather than organised sporting clubs, then continue this shrill hystericism about the dangers of contact sport because I'm telling you it is proven over, over generations and across all cultures that young men look to associate with young men of a similar age, you can take it right back to when we were monkeys. Um, that there is a need for young men to associate yep. in groups, yep. and thank God that was sort of the evolution of sports and team sports and stuff. Yeah, and and I'm telling you, it's a fact. I'm not making this up. That the breathing, living, breathing alternative to that is.
2: Kids forming gangs, and if you want the streets all oh. bottom gangs, go for it. Yeah. Jordan Peters talks about this all the time, and he's sort of, you know, he's a very smart guy, but he's really particularly worried about um, youthful men, or you know, young men, because they they're kind of lost because of the way you know, am I supposed to be macho? Am I supposed to be in touch with the feminine side? It's a whole big thing, but in saying that. Yeah, they can play sport or join a gang, but um, I know Airport West Footy Club and Oak Park and Strathmore Footy Club, they've opened up their boy band division. So if footy's not your thing, you can come down a Strathmore Footy Club and Join a boy band and uh-huh. you'll still have that camaraderie. That's a great and idea. hopefully, we'll get a couple of hit singles out of it. <laughs>
1: it's a good idea. But you're right. I mean, it's it's even like the, I mean, the, we talked about it last week. When we were talking about Stand By Me, that movie. The, the friends you make when you're 12 and 13 years old, they stay with you. They don't necessarily stay with you for life, but those memories of that. Help shape what you become. I mean, I can still remember yeah. the kids I played football with and cricket with when I was at primary school and, uh, you know, when I started to play club cricket and footy and stuff. You still remember <laughs> all that and it shapes you as a human being. Um, yeah. I
0: mean, and Brian, for kids that aren't sporting, then joining a major Join a band, band Buddy, forming a band, all those things are yeah. sensible, viable alternatives. But of course, What's the use of having a band now? There's nowhere where bands can play. No. What's the use uh, of What's the use of well, having sporting teams because they're going to be join, too dangerous? Uh,
2: um, join a, uh, what do they call it, when the guys dress up as women and mind the records?
1: A drag show? Drag queen.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, join a drag show. So you're still hanging out with the boys. Get to do a bit of a dress up and sing, you know. You're still getting that that male camaraderie, I would imagine. Right, the uncanny <laughs> X women. Not having been in a <laughs> wow,
1: <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. The uncanny X women. I can see. I can see this being. You're going to have two bands now, Brian. You're going to have the uncanny X men and the, ex- the uncanny X ex- women. You're going to have three. You're going to have the uncanny. uncanny X-A. undecided.
2: Have <laughs> not
1: the X A.
0: Not the X Men, the Y, y- men.
1: Yeah, the Y Men. The Y Men. Now look on the footy, uh, the uh, tipping from the finals last weekend. You both got two out of four. Um, yep, and I got four because I'm a, I'm a final tipping genius. I'm Mister September. Don't you worry about that.
0: All right. Well, the challenge is on. Here
1: we go. In the AFL women's tipping uh, that we are doing, uh, Brian, this week you got s- five. Out
2: of how many? Well, nine. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't really follow it that much.
1: It's nine. It's Eighteen teams. There's five. You got five out of nine. Five <coughs> of, you and I both got six. So the yeah. st- standings at the end of round two are uh,
2: Brian and Finey on 12. Kev on 13. This will be the fifth footy tipping competition this year that I've lost and what come you to ever, last. No,
1: you're, you're, you're equal second. You're a dead heat for second right now, Brian. Don't give up in too what? easily. The AFLW or the AFLW, and you're and you're equal well, second in the finals footy tipping competition with Finey. You and Fine are just you know hanging I out
0: I don't think that's correct. I do not think. I do not think Brian got seven last week.
1: He no, got five last week. You got five. Last week? Oh, uh, you mean the week before? Yeah. Hang on, and the week before he got five. Sorry, you're right. He got his yes. Sorry, that's. Hang on, hang on. One, two, three, four, five, six. Sorry, he got seven this week. Oh my god! My apologies. I've, I've counted that. No, I've got five up the top is the score from last so, week. Said so five in week one. He got seven this week, so he's on twelve. You got six last week. finding and six this week. That's twelve. I got six yeah. last week and seven this week. That's thirteen.
0: Sorry, I'd read that. Oh my God. I yeah. feel sick.
1: <laughs> so uh, no that's not right. All right now let's get to the tips for the uh men's uh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> men's Speaking and women's.
2: of tips speaking of tips, Kev is a news bulletin. I'm just looking at the mask singer as we speak. Okay. And I've got to say Daddy Minogue's boobs look a little bit subdued. They're hanging out, but they're not I don't know, maybe she's got smaller implants. I'm not sure. Um uh, we'll get back to you with breaking news. Hang on, is she on that show? Yeah, she's there with a. No, hang on. So up. who's the the panelist? Dave Hughes. Well, you've got Mel, Dave Hughes, Mel, Mel the Spice Girl, Chrissy from the who won the Chrissy Swan. competition. Yeah, and then you've got Mel B and Danny Minogue, and it's a bit of a a tit oh. fest between Danny and Mel B trying to. Get the boobs out the I
1: thought I thought that Abby Chatfield was on that show.
2: No, she's chatted off. Oh, she's gone. Okay.
1: All right. Um, okay, it doesn't mean that I, I like this panel any more than the panel that I thought were on. Uh, now, let's get to the tips. Melbourne and Carlton, Friday night at the MCG.
2: Brian? Are you the men? Yep. Oh, Carlton. Carlton.
1: Finey, yeah, fine. fine, I didn't, I didn't. fine he. Melbourne. Melbourne. I'm young, Melbourne, too. I've I said from the start, I thought Carlton were making up the numbers, and I think they'll prove it this weekend. Saturday night, Port played GWS. Gee whiz. Port uh, didn't look the goods. Brisbane played very
2: now, well. Now, I think they just got some injuries, too.
1: Uh, I said last week, and I'll stand by it. GWS going into this final series with a head full of steam could do some damage. I think they'll beat Port. Finney. Yep. Port.
2: Mister Mannix. Um, I'm just trying to see what the news is. Um, latest. The latest news. Um, oh, you're checking in. Okay, so a lot of good changes. Uh, versus doctors injuries, add to powers defensive woes ahead of a do or die semi.
1: Oh, is that right?
2: So, therefore, GWS. GWS.
1: Okay. Now, let's get to the AFLW. Geelong play the Kangaroos Friday night at GMHBA Stadium at uh, 5 o'clock. I'm going to go for the fabulously talented Geelong side who are going very well, actually. I think they might knock over the roost. I think they played in the final last year and uh, I think North Melbourne might have won that final by less than a goal or something. You two still there?
2: Yeah, I, I remember yeah, it well. Oh, I remember it well. Do you?
1: No, sorry, my screen just went blank. Um Phiney, who are you tipping? Uh, Geelong or North Melbourne? I'll go the kangaroos. Kangaroos, Mr. Mannix. Give me the pouches. The kangaroos. Okay. <laughs> You're going for a draw. <laughs> 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 Uh, GWS play, play. That's very good fun. GWS play Richmond, uh, Sunday afternoon, at Blacktown ISP. Um, oh, it's been a while since I've been to Blacktown ISP. Jeez. It's uh, good, good. Great afternoon. Oh, terrific. Yeah. The, the, uh, the uh, Chicken Palmer there is fantastic at the Blacktown ISP.
2: Um, oh, and then the uh, Criterion Hotel across the road is really worth uh, getting the bangers of MASH and uh, uh, come- lovely hot. Say hello to uh, Beryl behind the bar. She's lovely. Oh, be now, on
0: the speaking, speaking of that, speaking of counter meals, <laughs> I made something for dinner tonight I've never made before. What's that? Reservations? No, <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got reservations every time my missus cooks. No, no, no. <laughs> Don't be like that. No, she's a very good cook. Um, I made a grand final special for dinner tonight. A grand final oh. special. Hot yeah. dogs and pies. No. That's a, an AFL grand final special, and it was really good.
1: An
2: AFL grand final special? Uh, I don't know. What would Champagne that be? And, Champagne and chicken breakfast.
0: No. no. right, right. No but, more guesses? No. Meatloaf. Ah, very good.
2: <laughs> very good. Uh, hopefully it was horrible to be truly no. authentic.
0: Yeah, yes. Yeah. No, it was really good. I got a good recipe and... I like It really works well. I love it. Did you have a gravy? Yeah, well, oh. because it had a glaze on it, uh. sort of a barbecue sauce glaze. Oh, okay, yeah, that's all right. And um, and it made its own sauce and then I thickened that and turned it into a gravy. Oh, and I no, yeah, I'll, nice. tell you, I'll tell you what's overrated. I'll tell you something interesting. For the first time ever, I've seen these before and I thought, all right, I'm going to lash out. I spent 20 bucks... On two small containers of shelled fresh peas, because I wanted it with mash and peas. Yeah. And and if you buy shelled fresh peas, they're very expensive. Yeah, and do they taste any better than the ones in the pack? They're not. I swear they're not as good. I prefer frozen peas. Yeah, there
2: you go. I'm big rap for frozen. I bet, you're, and corn. bet you're gonna fart the doona off yourself <laughs> with the freaking all MPs. Oh, there's something. They going are fair and fart pills, those things. They are destructive yeah. to no, relationships. They are I've destructive had to you. No,
0: me neither. I've never had a problem with peas. I'm, no.
2: I'm a cabbage. Oh I'm a cab, no. I'm a cabbage ring <laughs> man myself. No, Don't have a pie go and have a pie floater. No, 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 no,
1: no, no, no. Don't be having a pie
2: floater. You'll see your duna lying on the floor because you've farted it off. No, it's just not. It's Let's not. get back I, to I the fingertips, Because I,
0: Adelaide, care about. I went to Adelaide many years ago, long, long, long time ago, 35 years ago, 40 years ago. God, it was a long time ago. Oh, God, I'm old. Um, and I, I got a pie floater. Oh. And you know what I said when I had the first bite of that pie floater? Oh, something obscene. Pardon? Huh? Did you say something obscene? I turned around. And I said, "For all the serial killers they have been in Adelaide, none of them have done anything as bad as this pie floater."
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's a pretty fair summation
0: of uh, where the oh, pie floater sits. Is that a stupid idea?
1: Yeah, I love it. Look, oh, I used to uh, when it as a kid. Used to uh, pies and peas are beautiful. I still I still love pies and peas, and you can you can sort of mash the peas up a bit if you want to. But uh, the, that thing where it floats. Uh, in Adelaide, sorry, that just, that's not. Well, the a- problem was the bottom fell out of it. Yeah, well, that's what happens. And that just, it's ridiculous. That's not, you don't want to eat a pie
0: like that. No. But if you're ever having pies and peas, <laughs> this guy's going to go for eight hours. Yeah. Um, if you're ever having pies and peas, you've got to buy, I love these. You've got to buy the, in the English section of a the supermarket, they've got the cans of the big fat, marrow fat peas, the mushy peas from England. Oh, mushy peas
1: are lovely.
2: Oh. Yeah, oh,
1: they're good. Salt, and they're salty as, aren't they? Remember? Yeah, they're good. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. Yeah. The mushy peas are good. Uh, killed, more,
0: killed more bombs than the Germans.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: funny. Um GWS in Richmond uh, at, uh, at the old Blacktown ISP. Um, were they some very what time's <laughs> the game? What's the time's the game on that? We It's about five minutes from now the way we're going. Um...
2: GWS Richmond, Brian. Uh, I'm going for GWS because Blacktown matters.
0: Okay, and finally. Well, I don't think that you're an idiot. Where's it on it? The Blacktown IGA, (laughs) the Blacktown ISP, Blacktown RSL, International International Sports Pavilion. Surely
1: that's what it stands for.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because Blackdown's hosted a lot
1: of international <laughs> Exactly. Sport. Well, it's right next to the Dingley International. Come on. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> stupidly named hotel ever in the universe, that one. Anyway. It's just
2: going to be called Town from now on. <laughs> yes. Or, you, you can't. They Town. Yeah, They Town.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, who are you tipping, Finey? Who's GWS or Richmond for the 18th time? I'll go for Richmond. Richmond, okay. I'm going Richmond as well. Uh, Adelaide and Essendon, Brian?
2: Oh, the mighty is those girls. Whoa. Adelaide those for me. Terrible.
0: Adelaide or Essendon? Uh, oh, Adelaide. I, I've got to say, I watched Essendon and St Kilda last week. It was good to see footy at Windy Hill. That was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw, saw a little bit of that. Yeah, and the big crowd, whatever. Was well, all right.
1: that's, if that's one of the things that AFLW does is take footy back to the suburbs, and there's a lot to be oh, said it for Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, Melbourne take on the Western Bulldogs at Casey Fields. Uh, talk about going to the suburbs. Um, and that's on Saturday afternoon. The Bulldogs are struggling, but they might get their first win of the season here against Melbourne, uh, even though they are the defending premiers. Uh,
2: Brian? Uh, Daisy's going to come in and give the girls a bit of a talk. I think Melbourne will be too strong.
0: Okay. Finey. That's a terrible tip, the Bulldogs. I couldn't win that game in a million years. Melbourne. Mm-hmm. I'm not to go for that. Uh, I don't know why. You I'm are you supposed to go for that. Yeah,
1: well, I know that, but I don't know why my sheet's printed out the Western Bulldogs are playing Hawthorne after that on this sheet. I
0: hope I'm not missing a game. Yeah, cryptic Keep in every game. Go yes. for it.
1: <laughs> uh, now we got uh, St Kilda playing Port Adelaide at uh, RESA Park, uh, obviously down there at Moorabbin. Uh, who are you going for, finding? I think
0: the Saints can open their account.
1: The Saints, Brian. Oh, no, hang on, I've written that in Brian's thing. Uh, Brian, Saints. Uh, or port. Port? port. Port's for me. Port for you. Uh, I'll go for Port as well. West Coast take on Carlton at Mineral Resources Park on Sunday afternoon at three o'clock. Uh-huh. Uh, who are you going for, Finey?
0: Mineral Resources Park. Where's this, game, where's this game being played? Oh, I don't. In the West. Outback WA. In the down West. In was yeah. Well, it's not that's, in, it's not it, in at, Kal-
1: Kalgoorlie because that'd be Hooker's Park. Um, no,
0: it's at the Schweppes factory. Right. Mineral um, Resources. I don't know. Who's going to win this? Um, Carlton. Carlton?
1: Carlton for finey. What about you, uh, Brian? Uh, Carlton and who? West Coast, you know, team over in Perth. Oh,
2: yeah, they're great. They uh, are terrific. They're a great bunch of team.
1: And he You're going for the West Coast They got beaten by 73 points last week By the Gold Coast no, It's too late, he's locked in Just
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: West Coast Eagles for Brian Okay um, Collingwood take on the Gold Coast of Victoria Park
0: Finey A pretty good Gold Coast I got 99 points That's a big score for That's the That's a
1: massive score I'll
0: go for Collingwood so, West Coast are as bad as their men's team. Please, that club's that club's would build a team in kangaroo footy or something. They, God, they're terrible.
1: They need to find a game where scoring's not important. Um, Collingwood and Gold Coast, Brian, you going for your yeah. your Gold Coast son
2: sonettes? The no, no, no home team going for the Gold Coast daughters? Yeah,
1: for sure. No, it's not the home team. It's Victoria Park. It's Collingwood's home game. My home team. Oh, your home Sorry, the Gold Coast, yes. Yeah, they're,
2: they're, they're representing me okay. and I'm um, sure they'll do me proud.
1: I'm going Gold Coast as well. And finally, Brisbane take on Sydney at the Brighton Homes Arena uh, on Sunday afternoon at 5 o'clock. Finey? Well, they then played in Brighton. Brighton. The Brighton Homes Arena. it will be in Brisbane somewhere. That that. might be that, uh, that might be the name of the a place where their VFL team plays. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. I didn't think it was Brighton home, so. Anyway, uh, who are you going for, Brisbane or Sydney? Brisbane. Brisbane. Brian?
2: My neighbours, my cousins just up the road, of course, Brisbane. Okay.
1: All right, so that's where we stand with that. Um, Hang on, Who's,
0: who's Hawthorne playing
1: well, that must be the one that I don't have that said Western Bulldogs versus Hawthorne, but they played each other last week, so uh, Hawthorne are playing whoever we haven't mentioned. Who haven't we mentioned? I'll have to bring it up on my phone and find that
0: guy. Oh, it. Oh, I can work it out.
1: Fremantle. Fremantle. It must be Fremantle versus... Well, they've got... On this sheet that I printed out of the... I don't... The Sporting News website, they've got the Western Bulldogs versus Hawthorne. It actually should be Fremantle versus Hawthorne at the Fremantle Community Bank Oval... And I'll be going for Fremantle. What about you, uh, Brian?
2: Oh, I think Fremantle at the Community Bank mm-hmm. um, is great. They've got a lot of tellers there that help them out. Mm-hmm. And I think they uh, should be up by three goals at the end of the game.
1: And uh, yourself, finally, who would you be going for, Frio or the uh, Hawthorne?
0: i prefer, I prefer if they are playing a Costco. but mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go for
1: Frio. Frio, okay. There you go. Good pick. Good pick-up there, funny. Now, a couple of things just before we get to the death-alyser. Um, death-alyser. I just wanted to say one of the saddest things I saw uh, watching any sport on the weekend was bloody Ryan Pappenhausen breaking his ankle. God, that was horrible. Um, the Storm were terrible. They've they struggled. The Broncos were brilliant. Um jumped him and never let him back into the game but then uh, towards the end when Pappenhausen broke his broke his ankle which will put him out obviously for you know probably another another year on the sidelines or close to it by the time he gets back um, he worked his guts out to get back his third game back and uh, 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 unbelievable talent uh, of, of a rugby league player and just he's had so much bad luck with his knee and the concussion um, problems that he had but um, yeah very very sad to see that and the other one, is – and, finally, I don't want to drag you in this unless you want to be dragged into it um, – there was a late change to the St Kilda side for your final on the weekend.
2: Yep.
1: And the way that's been handled is both good and bad. Handled in yep. a way that they – the team Membry was, was uh, withdrawn from the side and uh, the two clubs got together. Um, the Saints rang um, GWS and said, look, here's the situation – we need to, this bloke's not going to play, we need to bring someone in, we want to bring someone in from outside the squad so they brought Caminetti in and that and that was all handled really well and the way that it, it's been described that I've read and heard Ross Lyon talk about how it was handled with the players and the staff and everything, the situation that uh, developed with Tim Membry was handled really, really well. What hasn't been handled well in my opinion is what they've done since and not, not the, the football club, just the media and sport, and and the way we handle things in general. Uh, it's it's been said that Tim attempted to take his life, um, and that he had a mental a mental uh, episode. That's yep. been it's been completely and utterly, almost ignored by the media, when it was a, I think a, a really opportune time to actually address that this is a real thing, and no matter how. Terrific! You think someone's life is they're they they're dealing with all sorts of different demons and things in, in in their in their world that that pushes them to this point. Yeah, and yeah. it's and it's been. I, I don't know why. I just feel like it's an opportunity that the game and and society had to to actually say, hang on a minute, let's let's look into this a little more. Not not hang the poor bloke out to dry, but just address it, not
0: ignore it. Yeah, I mean, it's a really hard one. I, I think it's just got to, um, I don't know, maybe maybe, sit back and, and give it a bit of breathing space I, because I'm not over the facts but I know that it was a very serious matter. Yep. And, you know... Just you know, you just want to wrap your arms around, Tim, around anybody, around anybody, and and you just can never understand these things. It, it mental health is still so it's not misunderstood because I think we've made a great effort to try and understand more, but it is it's precarious for some people now. Hopefully hopefully there's a good outcome in the future for Tim because these things with the right therapy and the right aftercare can have good outcomes and will have good outcomes. Yeah, I'm sure it will. And hopefully there's a time when even Tim can talk about it, but but I'm not quite sure if that time was plus yet.
1: Yeah, no, I wasn't suggesting that he should talk
0: about it. Um, no, not him, but, but yeah. even anybody. I just think give it some breathing space and you know, but of course there is a clamour in the media to be the first to break the big story and et cetera, et cetera, so I I just sort of hope that it's left left in private hands for the time being.
1: Yeah, I... I my kind of feeling was take it out of that that realm take it out of that breaking the big story realm and being the one who knows the insides and out and all that and just and put it on the table and say here's a bloke who you know you saw a photo of him four days before this happened uh, with with his kids in his arms and him happy as a you know happy as Larry and then four days later this happens and then the ramifications and and the fallout from that I just it, Somewhere there's an explanation in there, not necessarily of his situation personally, but just of how we handle these things. I don't think we yet handled them as well as we could so as they don't happen all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Okay, Brian, uh, now with that, uh, let's open up the uh, the old Deathalyzer again for another week.
2: Unfortunately, now it's time for another episode of
1: a couple of music ones this week. Uh, firstly, Gary Wright uh, passed away at the age of 80. Uh, first heard of him in a band called Spooky Tooth and then, of course, he had a couple of massive um, hit songs. Uh, the, the one that uh, everyone knows him for is Dreamweaver, um, which got flogged to death by radio um, and still gets played on the radio. Even now, it's a... Absolutely fantastic song, I must admit. One that I am so heartily sick of. If I never hear it again, I will not be unhappy. And that's not anything against Gary. It's just uh, more against the way commercial radio just absolutely murders it. it,
2: It's a really well-produced song.
1: Oh, it's a beautiful
2: song. Because when when it came out in the 60s or early 70s? 70s. Yeah, well... I think the production on that still stands up pretty well today. Like, um, I agree. You know, whether you like the song or not, it, it, the record sounds. It's a good-sounding record and, um, you know, very unique vocal too. So well done, no, Gary Wright. on talented. Life well lived.
1: Yep, very talented and uh, had a couple of hits after that, Love Is Alive and a couple of other songs. It was really good. But We" was just one of those songs. Uh, it seemed to follow me every... Every minute of the day, every time I, I turned around, it was being played yeah. somewhere. Um, drove me nuts. And the other unfortunate one was a much younger man, a 56 years of age, uh, Steve Harwell, the lead singer of Smash Mouth, passed away. Now, I really like Smash Mouth. Um, I, 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 even even their version of I'm a Believer I really like, but they, uh, they had a couple of really good songs, Walking on the Sun and a few others. Um, really liked them, uh, and uh, he's... Uh, he died of liver failure at uh, the age of 56, so that's very, mm. very
2: young. Very young. Way too young. Uh, Lived a good life, I guess, uh, but anyway. And yeah, that's yeah, it, well, I don't know.
1: And that's it, Brian.
2: That concludes this week's episode of The Death Eliza. <laughs> Thank God you weren't in it.
1: <laughs> Stop ad-libbing, will you?
2: <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a script here. I'm just <laughs> chucking shit in as I see fit. You know, I'm pushing the envelope yeah. all the way. And, you know, sometimes I get it wrong. It's a, you know. that's,
1: that's akin to the thing where, you know, you, someone, uh, someone leaves something and go. if you're reading this, I'm dead. Oh, shit, great. Terrific. So, <laughs> so the equivalent of that is if you're hearing this, you're not dead and you're not in the death, Eliza. Woo. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, it is a good thing. Uh, all right. All right. We move on to our subject this week, which is a, a more cheery one than, uh, than last week's. Um, your five favourite spots in Australia. And you can, you know, I just left it that open that you could be your five favourite spots uh, to, to holiday, to visit uh, with great childhood memory. Whatever you wanted, whatever it, it turned out for you, that's that's what you could make it. So finey.
0: Where do we start? My toilet. I love going to the toilet. No, no, not really. So uh, this is interesting because I, I realised, I've been to, I haven't, I've been to a lot of places in Australia, but I, then I realised I haven't been to a lot of places. Yeah, me Australia. too. That's exactly what I discovered. <laughs> you know, I'd love to say the Great Barrier Reef, but I've never bloody been
1: there. No, no, I've been on the edge of it,
0: but not. Not right up the cans bit. So, I'm starting with the Melbourne CBD because Nat and I, quite often, since we've got the shop, three or four times we've done this. We've just said we've worked bloody hard. We're going to have a weekend in the city. Nice. And we go to a really nice hotel. Last a few weeks ago, we went to the W Hotel. That's really nice. Is that the Western? No, it's just called the W. Oh, okay. I don't know what might be part of the Western group. I don't know. Where is it? Um, up the top of Little oh, Yeah, Little Collins or okay. something.
1: I think that is the Western. I
0: think. Yeah. Really good hotel, beautiful room. But and then we, we like going to like a really nice restaurant, but then on the Sunday morning you walk through the those laneways of the city and they're they're great. They really, it, you feel like you're in another country almost. I mean, they, there's a lot to, and during COVID, I thought the Melbourne CBD had died never to come back again. It was scary how many shops were closed. You're you almost expected to see rats running through the city. Like, it was almost a ghost town. It was horrible. Well, you were
2: walking around there, weren't you? There were rats running around
0: in the city. <laughs> yeah, well, don't worry. I'm that scared of rats. I wouldn't have been around there, but... um The city is vibrant. It's full of life. It really is. come back with a vengeance. So, yeah, I actually quite like walking, you know, having a weekend in Melbourne.
1: Yep. Very nice. Mr Mannix.
2: Well, I don't know if this is – I'm trying to pick places that um, are varied, not obvious, and places that I've been to because I've been to – pretty much everywhere in Australia, I think, except for uh, Broome. Well, you would have been
1: because um, you would have played gigs
2: everywhere. I played everywhere. Um, but a couple of years ago, we were in Adelaide, and um, I said, look, let's just go somewhere where we've never been and just have a look at it. And I had a really lovely time here. I don't know if it's the greatest thing. It's called Gulwa. And you've got to go to Gulwa. Um and it's in South Australia. It's where the Murray River meets the ocean, um, and sort of near there. And there's this big bridge that connects it, which I think is the Hindmarsh Bridge. Which is the secret Aboriginal women thing about the bridge. I don't know. That might be it. But I I stayed on a um, in a shack on a pier, and so it's sort of surrounded by water. Jeffrey Rush apparently stayed there when he was filming some movie. And it was full of carp. And, you know, I had this pizza left over, throw that in the, into the water and the carp, they're about four foot, they're about a foot long and they'd have eaten it all up, loving the pepperoni, good on them. But there was a beautiful beach just around the corner that had like a a rock. It was like a little cove and it had like a rock, like, say, one of the 12 apostles. And that was a, just a great little beach and a, a great little holiday. So, my number five is Gulwa in South Australia.
1: Historic when river Riverport on the Murray River.
0: Yeah. When you That's went to it. the beach... Brian? Yeah? Did you stick your toes in the sand? I always do. Because Gulwa is famous for Gulwa cockles, or what we call pippies.
2: Oh, okay, maybe it was a bit, a bit shelly.
0: Um, yeah, because you can
2: just... I've, I've been
0: to Gulwa and you just... Stick your toes in the well, that's 25 years ago, but you can just get a great feed of pippies at Gulwa.
2: Do you know that? Do you know the beach that I'm talking about with the yeah, big rock in the beautiful. middle of it? It's, yeah, it's fantastic. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Goolwa, great. so yeah, I thought you know, a lot of people probably haven't heard of that, so I thought I'll just give it a little bit of a plug. Go, Gulwa,
1: near the Murray Mouth in South Australia, and uh, the Aboriginal uh name or Gulwa means elbow, For elbow, mm. yeah. There you go. Beautiful, nice start, Brian. Um, Thank you. My number five is a little joint called Longreach. Um, oh, that's a shit <laughs> <laughs> And back in uh, 1973, uh, I ventured to Longreach uh, to start my radio career, and uh, I actually fell in love with the joint um, and, and the and the people and uh, and just the the whole area. Um, it now is home to the I think it's the Stockman's Hall of Fame. It was where uh, Qantas first started when Qantas was a good airline that everyone loved and adored, and even flew. Um, uh, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, the, you know, the, the main street it just had it, it had so much character about it. Um, it was obviously a really important time for me. I was a 16 year old kid starting a radio career and uh, and learnt a lot. And then sort of was where I started to make decisions for myself, not you know based on what my mum and dad had told me and all that sort of stuff. I was living as a as a Almost a grown up, um, but you know, got my own place and uh, lived in a flat, and then lived with other people. And uh, and the whole, I've been working for about a year or so by that stage. But um, it was a real great little place to grow up. I'm really gra- glad that I spent that first year of my my radio career and and that part of my life in in a place like Longreach and not in a in a big bustling city. It was a terrific place to to grow up. I made a lot of mistakes. Um, with many, many aspects of my life when I was in Longreach and I was fortunate enough to get away with, with a lot of them, car accidents and things like that that I had when I was was there that might have had more impact if I'd had them in, you know, big bustling city. But uh, no, it was good, terrific experience. I haven't haven't been back for a long, 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 long time but um, would like to.
2: I did a gig there about a year or two ago mm-hmm. um, and we had to stop. I think we were doing the mail drop on the plane to oh, drop yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was really cute. It was um, – I can't really remember details, but I remember having a good time there. And the second part, point I'd like to make, Kev, is that even when you were at 3XY, you were still growing up.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's probably true too. Uh, yeah, the male the, – the old uh, – I remember the day I left the first time and flew back to, uh, to Brisbane um, – we did the mail run and I was hung over and we, the plane <laughs> got up and then the plane went down, and the plane went up, and the plane went down, the plane went up. Go, oh, I've never been so sick in my life. And I'd, I'd been silly and drunk rum, which I'd never drunk before. Um, and, oh, God, that's a, f- a flight I'll never forget. Um, but Longreach is a, very oh. special, is a very special place in my, uh, in my life. Number four, oh, So Number
0: four for me is lawn. Now... Oh. Every summer, my dad and I at the end of the summer holidays were going to go to Erskine House in Lawns. And Erskine House was one of those great guest houses, old school. used to be owned by the Victorian Railway was their, their holiday escape and got bought out. All right. But it had lawn, proper lawn tennis courts. My father and I, you know, dad was very sporting. We had tennis court at home. So lawn tennis courts, beautiful big putting green, a, a lovely hall and stage and auditorium, and it was one of those places you'd go there on a weekly cycle. So we went for two weeks, and at the start of every week, you'd put your name down for the tennis competition, singles and doubles, the putting competition, there was a scrabble competition, um, darts, all these... You know, different croquet, they had a beautiful croquet lawn. Oh wow. And then you'd look up you'd look you'd go to the main board. There were three meals a day, pretty basic Aussie food, a roast and cold chicken salad for lunch and a full breakfast, you know, but everybody knew each other and and the same families would go back there every year. I could still remember them. The a family very good tennis players from Mildura's called the Japs, J A Double P and and um, Woodruff, the milk people, were there every year. They were, you know, and, and you'd look up on the board. It was the same. They'd draw up the draw, like, you know, you see the Wimbledon draw done and you'd see, and you and they'd have table numbers because you had the same table. You'd have to go and introduce yourself and say, I'm playing you in the tennis or oh,
1: very you good.
0: Know, playing in the doubles. And it was just a, and then you'd go into lawn itself and the beach and whatever. It was great fun, great childhood memories.
1: Yeah, beautiful spot too still. these days. Now, Mr Mannix, number four.
2: Well, it's another little place that I was lucky enough to go to. I haven't spent a lot of time there. I think I got there about, probably spent 24 hours there, and I was fortunate that the day I was there was about 23 degrees, so it was beautiful. But I speak of Strawn in Tasmania, and it's this tiny little fishing village. I think at the time when I was there, which is probably... 10 years ago, it had a population of about 450, um, but it was just so picturesque and it hadn't been corrupted by big corporations and shit, you know, it was really cute and it had real character, but as I've often said on this show, the smaller the population um, a town has, the more friendly people are to, you know, p- people like me that come into town, and... The people of Strawn were so wonderful to me. You know, like some guy hears me sing some song and goes, Oh, you like lobster? I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so the next morning he's knocking on my door and he's throwing me these two, you know, giant fucking lobsters. <laughs> you know, I've got a hangover. It's like and we've got to weave on the roads. But I just thought Strawn was a really pretty special place. It looks like a storybook as I remember it. So that's my number four uh, favourite place in Australia
1: currently 11 degrees in Strawn uh, Brian if you want to nip down there and...
2: yeah look I, I don't know it would be good any time <laughs> of year I might have just fluked a really good day because it was like it was t-shirt weather and fishing boats and lovely people and it was just great but yeah I think it could get pretty cold there but Trust on me. my day it was fantastic
1: 11 degrees there is a heat wave uh, I think it's going to get a lot, uh, lot chillier than that there tonight um well. My number four is where you are right now, Mr Mannix, the Gold Coast.
2: Any particular part? Um, where? where you are right now. <laughs> My joint. <laughs> right. No, look, I,
1: I was really fond of the Gold Coast when I worked in Queensland. Uh, I never worked in Gold Coast radio, but we used, to have a, a, we used to go down there and do promotions down there and do all that stuff, and I always liked it. I was always happy that I didn't live there. Um, And then when my dad moved down there uh, before he passed away and lived there for, for, you know, a number of years um, and spent a lot of time up there in that stage and and, and stayed at all different parts around there. I used to love and still love Royal Pines Resort um, as a place to stay where you could, you know, play some golf and... And uh, get out and about, and it was nice little. A um, uh, couple of lovely. There's a beautiful Ashmore Village uh, seafood restaurant around the corner. Is the best Morton Bay bugs I've ever tasted in my life, um, which was always one of the first places I went to when we went up there. Uh, but yeah, I, I spent a lot of time uh, around that sort of uh, that whole Gold Coast area in different parts because I had a few friends who lived down there when I was working uh, in Queensland, and then when I came to Melbourne and went back and saw my folks, and then. Um, after Mum passed when Dad moved down to the, the Gold Coast and settled, settled into life down there, down at Bean Lee, spent a fair bit of time around there. So it's always had a special little place um, for me for, for that and uh, some lovely memories, uh, you know, in the final days of my dad's life. So, um, yeah, it's it's always always got something special. It can be the tackiest bloody place on the planet, I reckon, the Gold Coast at times, but can also, I mean, the beaches are bloody beautiful. They really are beautiful beaches there. Um, and I'm not a massive uh, surf person or beach person, but they they're beautiful beaches, and you can have have some fun times on the Gold Coast. But it can be one of the tackiest joints known. But
2: I like it. More about tacky later. I'm sure there will be.
1: Won't be though. in Finney's number three. Finney's number three will be uh, top class.
2: I'm sure. Yeah,
0: well, I'm going to bracket a few places together because they're all they're all the same. The same area, they're the same sort of like holiday we go on. So, Dalesford, Hepburn, Wheatsheaf, yep. which is a little place near Dalesford, Clunes, which we always visit when we're in Dalesford because I love Clunes. Um, Send in the Clunes. Yeah, uh, Clunes is amazing because it's one half of the street is still the shops from the 1800s. They've used it in movies and stuff and whatever, but it's incredible. Like the same, they're, this, they're genuine shops. Some boarded up, whatever. But yeah. yeah, Um yeah. I just love it. I love getting up there in winter when it's cold, open fire, Tuki Trout Farm, go you know, trout farm fishing, catch the feed. The whole thing. I just really love it. It, yeah. it makes me want to, It actually makes me. Want to retire to the country, and I've kept telling Nat, and she's not so sure. But maybe I'll get my way one day, maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, a very special part of it. It's a, absolutely adored by the people in the in the area. They, you know, people who live up there will, and I know people who've located, relocated from the city and gone to live around that whole area, and they just love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. It is. I
0: what, just love the smell of you know. I love the smell of trees and. And, napalm in the morning. <laughs> well, not napalm, but that, that smell, I love the smell of fires, you know, an, an open fire. Yeah. But yeah, not necessarily yeah. sitting next to you, just walking past the house that you can smell. I love it. I absolutely love it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Brian, number three? Number three, now look, you know, I I'm, I'm picking a bit rashly here, but um, and this one I picked because I was there earlier this year and I don't think I'd ever been there before. But Yapoon, oh, yeah. which is about 40 minutes uh, from Rockhampton on the coast there. And, you know, I, I knew a couple of people there, so I had a lovely time. I sat in their boat and, we, you know, got had a couple of drinks and stuff. But the beach and the area... It's like, like a bit like Gulwa where you can see Stradbroke Island on the horizon and just makes the the beach look really cool. And once again, pretty small population. I think you'd probably buy a really good house here, about 400 grand. Um, uh, but the people were just lovely. Weather was sensational. You know, there's palm trees everywhere. You look at a little island like Gilead's Island sitting out there in the ocean, you know, on your beach. And um you know, and I was just, once again, really impressed with the people. They were just lovely and the weather was great. They were just chilled out and um, so Yupoon's going to be my number three. It
1: was going to be a massive um, tourist mecca at one stage because I think the Japanese built a resort there. Uh, the Iwasaki resort was built there back in the – I it would have been the 70s. But I think they went under in the end and it, it finished up going to Rack and Ruin. But um, – because Yapoon was actually going to uh, almost finish Great Keppel Island's reign as a, uh, as a tourist destination up there. Everyone was going to Yapoon, going to the Iwasaki well, Resort, Yapoon.
2: Well, my mate, Richard Van Hoff, that lives up there, who's sitting me on his boat, he sells islands. Oh, and okay. He's probably selling it. He's, I think Hamilton Island's come up for sale. He's probably selling that. Oh, wow. And Stradbroke, I think, is going up for sale. Um, he told me that you know I could buy an island for a million bucks, but you know what are you going to do? Sit there by yourself with no <laughs> sewage, and water, and shit, <laughs> fuck that. No, so
1: no, anyway, no, the, and uh, and Queensland islands have a very checkered history in terms of being uh, a, a valuable real estate property, um, as you know, Russell Island and a few other very famous, famous um, royal commissions will attest to. Mm. Um. Brisbane is my number three. Uh, I like Brizzy. I always have. Um, you know, pretty much grew up there uh, from sort of eight to uh, to uh, till when I came to Melbourne. Uh, you know, uh, in the early eighties. But uh, yeah, so I spent a lot of time up there. Um, in, uh, still, still love going back. Um, it's changed enormously. Uh, it changed dramatically in nineteen eighty two when the the expo. Happened up there, and uh, when the, sorry, the game the Commonwealth Games happened up there, and then when the Expo followed that a couple of years later, in about eighty
2: nah, eight. eighty eight.
1: was the Expo. Yeah, yeah. So between I left in eighty one. Between eighty two with the Commonwealth Games and eighty eight with the Expo, Brisbane went bananas in terms of um, the 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 traffic structure, the freeway structure, the real estate market, um, the the restaurants, the the mall in the in the city. In that sort of five or six or seven year period, it just went bang. It went from being very much a country town into being a a thriving city, um, uh, and obviously that had a lot to do with you know Joe going and all that stuff. Um, but it, it it's still it's still a really I find it a really likable city. There's the, the bits and pieces about it that I don't like, but I, I did I did love living there and uh, and still like to go back and have a wander around. And the gabble will always be a very very special. Um, venue for me as a kid, going and watching the West Indies play Australia there and, and standing out in the ground and watching, uh, you know, there, when they were doing the warm ups and watching the Wes Halls of the world and that uh, bowling. And then in later years, when I was working in the radio up there and Viv Richards and Alvin Kalacharan and those blokes were working at the radio station and, and I got in the inner sanctum of that. Uh, so it always have a very special, and playing on the Gabba too was pretty special. Um, so it's, uh, it's- yeah, Brisbane.
2: It's it's a bit like, I like Brisbane too, but I like it because it's kind of like a smaller and better version of Melbourne in, in that the weather's better. Yep. But you've kind of got all those Melbourne things there, not quite as you know, the, the restaurants and stuff, but you've got them. But it's kind of like Melbourne 10 years ago, if, if that makes sense without being, you know, um, trying to belittle Brisbane, but... You know, Melbourne's got too overcrowded and too busy, and it's just you just nowhere to move anymore. Um, but I think Brisbane sort of like reminds me of Melbourne when I liked, really loved Melbourne.
1: I haven't been to Brisbane for a few years now, but um, it doesn't have the amount of, uh, <coughs> of bloody works that that Melbourne has. But you can't go anywhere in Melbourne anymore without spending twenty five minutes extra in a car trying to get. Do, do You know, a 25-minute trip now takes you an hour because there's an extra half hour on everything that you do. Um, it's yeah, mad- Queens- maddening.
2: Yeah, but Queensland's been working on that, that road or the highway or whatever it is from Gold Coast to Brisbane, They've been working on that since the eighties. Oh I no, first before the seventies, mate. And the they 70s. just never stopped working on yeah,
1: it. No, yeah, well, yeah. Gold Coast Highway's always been a work in progress. Always will be a work in progress. I remember we used to drive down there um, to do you know, vox pop stuff on the beaches and 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 all that sort of thing. And you used to, you know, I used to hate the drive. It's a much better drive than it used to be,
2: but you used to hate that drive. They should just build another one next to it. Yeah, would make
1: sense. Number two, yeah. funny.
0: Number two is surface paradise in the 70s and early 80s. <laughs> so my,
2: my I got
0: family, here. My family used to go there quite a lot. We stayed at, I can tell you, all the hotels we stayed at, almost in the order. We stayed at the Sands. We stayed at the Aluka. Yeah, the Aluka. Oh, yes. God,
1: I've been there.
0: Uh, we, stayed, the we stayed at the, Um. Oh. Oh, what was the Aluka's? First cousins. the...
1: not the Mercure?
0: No, it was on the beach. It was not the Chalet. Not the. Oh. What was the in that group? Oh, I can't. I, I can't remember. But I know they were all. Um... It was in the same group. There yeah, was... they're all like next there to each other. There was El Dorado, other. Top Ten, Aluka, and I think the Chalet. Yeah, that rings a bell. Yeah, that rings
1: a bell for me too.
0: Yeah, the Chalet. That's where I played my famous practical joke on Gough Whitlam. Um
2: because oh, you know, Gough the, Whitlam, they, they had a teachers' conference up here in, I reckon, 1972, um, and my parents came up because they were teachers and the whole thing was tax deductible because they went to the conference and Gough Whitlam was there. Is that what you t- the time you're talking about?
0: No, it was later than that. Would it have been no. 19, <laughs> what do we, 1977, I reckon? Do you know, Gough was gone by then. Huh? He was. But he was the would have prime been, minister. Hey, yeah, you're right. Would have been seventy four or seventy five. He was definitely prime minister.
2: Oh, I think. Yeah, maybe seventy five. Well, 73 then. I reckon. Anyway, um, that era, that era. Yeah. Yeah. So what
0: yeah, was yeah. Yeah. So What did you do to golf? So, my mate Bruce Joseph, He was staying at the chalet, and I was just over there visiting him, and we were having a swim, and then all of a sudden these. Men came down in suits and the Prime Minister, Gough Whitlam, jumped in the pool to have a swim and we were in the pool. Now, Bruce's mother, she was a single mother, little lady, she was reading a book up against the shallow used to have a wall, a big sort of brick wall so you couldn't really see out. She was reading a book, sunbaking, facing the wall. And I used to think that Bruce's mum looked a bit like Ida Buttrose. (laughs) So we were just swimming around the Prime Minister like little tadpoles around him, you know, we were just bugging him. But he was very good humoured about it. And then I said to him, Mr Whitlam, do you know this little boy's mother is Ida Buttrose? So he called over one of his security men (coughs) to say hello to Ida. And and Bruce's mum is this little old Jewish woman. She turns around, what's going on, you know, and and goths apologises from the swimming pool. He has a laugh, I have a laugh because I was a very cheeky kid. Anyhow, before he got out of the pool, I asked him for his autograph and he said, look, I'll be leaving about lunchtime. If you're down in the foyer, I'll give you the autograph. So, you know, that was about an hour later. So Bruce and I dried off and we were waiting for him. And at that point, there were quite a few people down in the foyer Waiting for Goff and Margaret to leave, so they get out of the elevator, and Goff walks straight over to me and goes to Margaret Whitlam, "This is the little boy I told you about." And (laughs) she looks at him and goes, "You're a naughty little boy." (laughs) But he gave me a signed autograph. There you go. Have you still got it? It's so it's such a pity because we had it up in, in on the Gold Coast and we brought it back. And somehow I lost it. I'd, I'd never even had past that holiday. But it was to, it was written out to me, to Mark from Gough Whitlam. Very but, nice. Yes, yeah, so I played a prank on the then Prime Minister.
2: Very good. Hey, because I reckon I was there at the same time um, because Gough Whitlam was there because of the teachers' conference, so my parents took us up there. And I reckon it was 72, 73. But did you go to the the theatre that was in the Gold Coast somewhere, and I think it was open air and you could sit in a deck chair and smoke your brains out in the theatre. I remember seeing Night of the Living Dead there and it scared the shit out of me. But do you well, remember I mean, that I, theatre? I, I love
0: surfacing. I can describe your surfacing. There was the beach and there was beach radio. And on beach radio... Yeah, yeah. Beach radio... They'd play music, but then every 10 minutes they'd go, time to turn so you don't burn. <laughs> and there was a famous guy on the beach. He was black as a berry and he used to have the the spray can the spray gun, of, yeah. of, of, tro- of Hawaiian Tropic, which was just oil and he'd just spray oil, you yeah. And on the beach, right on the beach, this is before Grundy's or any of the caval or any of the the mall there or whatever, right on the beach there was a food hut that made great burgers and milkshakes. And we used to eat burgers and milkshakes on the beach. There was a place on Cavill Avenue called the Shell Bar and it was like a hut from Gilligan's Island. And that was open late and you you drank out of like um, coconut cups and it was (laughs) (laughs) great bacon and cheese fingers. Then on the highway there was two game arcades with pinballs and stuff because I love that. But at the Chevron, there used to be an American slot car oh, arcade game. I remember and you'd that. Play the, and you'd play the slot cars and I used to love and that. There 10 lanes of slot ten cars, 10 lanes yeah? of slot cars. I used to love yeah. that. And in these arcades, there were shops that I'd never seen in Melbourne. They were just lolly shops. And they smelled great with chocolates and lollies and chewing gum. I'd never seen a shop like that before. And there was putt putt right near the beach. The it was like yeah, yeah. you know, There was trampolines. There were yeah, and there was this is before the water slides because later they replaced them with water slides.
2: That's right, but they did um, too. but putt putt like my missus worked on um, Grundy's at the water slides. Yeah, she's about twenty three. Yeah, yeah,
0: but before that. Right in that spot was putt putt. It was an American franchise, and and I remember because all their 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 colour coding, all the obviously it was all green, but it was all orange border work around all the things. And of course, the last hole was just up a hill, (coughs) but the ball went down the hole and it wasn't a cup. It went back to the clubhouse. That's right, and that's where you went and got, it and you paid. Yeah, so we always used to try and run up there and put our hands and grab the ball <laughs> and have another eight holes. <laughs> <years> <laughs> but there was, the Wax, there was the Wax Museum. Yes. They yes. still got yes. it. They just moved it. Yeah, they moved it opposite the Condor because my parents had a place at the Condor, but it used to be right on the main drag. And at the Wax Museum there was this display of torches from the medieval ages. <laughs> wow, got to love and it. And there was a up Now, this gave me nightmares for years. There was a torture. It was just a wax. It was obviously an inmate, so he looked really haggard. And and on his stomach was a cage, and in the cage were two rats. Oh, no. And above the cage were hot coals. Now, this is all in wax. And then the explanation was that the rats would get driven crazy by the hot coals and dig their way out by eating through the man's stomach. Yep, oh, and that—that's sick. <laughs> I'm telling you. And there was like a a, a, a in this wax dummy. There was a, a half a rat coming out of his as I would it. Had eaten it. <laughs> oh, it terrified me for years. Oh, I'm not surprised. But Bloody but ever. every year it terrified me. But you know, as a kid, you love being scared. Yeah, so yeah. I was scared, but I always every year I went back to the wax museum. Because I just <laughs> I wanted to shit myself again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I had great memories. Oh of. yeah,
1: no, it was a good spot to be in the seventies and eighties, in the early eighties, I reckon, You know,
0: you know that I went when I was thirteen. I went to. This is before, so they eventually built a big harness track at the Gold Coast, which yeah. they closed closed down at Parklands. Before then, there was a little track called Surface Paradise Harness. So yeah. it was actually, that. Oh, it was just a little track, right? And I went there when I was about 13, so it was in the 70s. Just outside surface, just over the bridge on one of the oh, okay. one, yep. one of the islands. And I'll never forget, I went I backed this horse there, and after the race, must have been raining that night, the driver comes back, and um, and you know, they come back back through the sort of mania but you could get really close to them so i'm 13 but i've given somebody five bucks to back this horse and i'd reckon that the guy just did not try to get out you know he was boxed away you know those little tracks yep there were no yeah. cutaways or anything anyhow so he's coming back and his horse is going back and i yell out and I yell out, i'm 13 years old and i go you're a fucking cheat. You never tried to win, you asshole. <laughs> I yelled out his name. He stopped the horse. He, he made the horse come all the way around to me, right, and he goes, have you got a race foot, son? I said, yeah. He said, what's the name of me horse? I looked at it. It was Ida's Pleasure or something. And he gets up real close to me and goes, yeah, not fucking Pegasus. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, very nice. <laughs> uh, very nice. Jesus, you did have a fun time on the Gold Coast. And I no wonder at number two. I you. loved it. As a kid, I loved it. Yep. Uh, What's your number two, Brian?
2: My number two is a place I was thrust was thrust upon me because I couldn't get any work in the 90s, so this is the one place I could get work. Spent about a year there for over a three-year period. Um bombs had more bombs dropped on it than Pearl Harbor. Um, I'm speaking of Darwin, where it's you, it's compulsory to smoke. You, they won't let you in unless you smoke and drink, and you can and you can get pissed out of your mind and make a total prick of yourself. But don't worry, because there's 150 other people that have made a bigger <laughs> prick of themselves than you. So you just fail into in into insignificance. <laughs> but you know, once again I think it's it's the people. They're really friendly and you know, when I went there it was like a big country town. And but then you got Swedish and Norway and Germans and that and the World Cup was on and you know the pub suddenly opening at two in the morning for but it was just you know, you meet all these, you know, Aboriginal people and you meet Germans and Poms and and it was just, and you know, the, the American Marines come into town. It turns into America for the weekend. Then the French arrive. It's half France. It was just exciting place to be. Weathers, you know, thirty two every day, even in the wet season when it's humid. The humidity is horrible, but it's an adventure. You know, I always feel felt like I was living in a novel when I was in Darwin because. Um. You know, I'm staying at some joint, there's a knock on the, I keep hearing this knock on the door, I get up in the middle of the night, there's no one there, not realising that the room next to me is a prostitutes working from, and the whole building I'm staying in is full of prostitutes, so sometimes they knock on my door, get the wrong door. And then I've got these black African guys with some big metal case, and they're, you know, praying to Allah in the afternoon. I didn't understand what it was at the time, but I thought they've got a nuke in there. That's that's crazy. <laughs> and then there's a lap da- there's a lap dancing venue downstairs. And I go, well, you know, how good's this? Um you know, and I just as I said, I just felt like I was living in a novel. I met so many great characters and really lovely people, um, and just fantastic weather and Just a great part of Australia, I reckon. I love it.
1: And good to see that you've recreated 90% of that in your Gold Coast penthouse.
2: Well, we'll get to that.
1: (laughs) Um, My number two is the the western suburbs of Melbourne. I love the western suburbs of Melbourne. I've proudly been living here. I was born in the western suburbs of Melbourne in Footscray. Uh, So spent the first part of my life there, and as happenstance uh, happened, I've spent, uh, you know, a fair chunk of... uh, the latter part of my life in in this neck of the woods too, so uh, very fond um, memories as a kid um, at uh, the old uh, primary school I used to go to in Laverton, just ne- off the the airbase, or well, what was the airbase that isn't virtually isn't there now, and then uh, then coming back and then uh, you know having children and doing all those things in the western suburbs of Melbourne in the in in, in the last thirty odd years, so very. Um, very uh, happy times, you know, at the Western Oval and all sorts of places. So that uh, that's my number two. Now, Good
2: morning, Kev. Good of, on you,
1: Kevin. Number, And I like the people. I mean, I've always, I've always I've, I've made some enormously uh, long-term uh, forever friends uh, and lost a few of them of recent years um, uh, because that's what happens in life. But, uh, yeah, no, the the, the people, they, would, they literally would drop their left arm off for you. What's number one, Finey? Number one is Sydney. Wow. Wow. She's not, not on my
2: list and not even there ever contemplated yeah. to be on my list. No, no, no. It, it may be okay to visit, but who'd want to I'm only bullshitting. I'm bullshitting. It's not in my <laughs> oh, top. It, it, it would
0: God. not be in my top 200. I fucking hate <laughs> Sydney. Ah, good work. I, I hate everything about it. I hate its roads. I don't particularly... I do have some friends there, but fuck, I hate Sydney. Um, here, here. number number two is number one, sorry, is Hobart. okay, that is yeah. that is the most beautiful city. I've never had anything but a great time in Hobart. I've been there with mates, had a good time, been there with Nat, went to MoMA, which was brilliant, went back there for dinner, which was brilliant. Did they have the wall of vaginas when you went to Mona? Oh, is that what they call it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> not on the menu, you dickhead. It's on the wall. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, no, I, I was thought you wife... talking
2: about them because they do have lovely muscles there. Oh, so, I was them.
0: gonna say, I was gonna say, my wife had the muscles, I think. <laughs>
2: <laughs> every time I'm she has muscles.
0: Every time she has muscles I'm glad you said that about muscles, because I can't look at them without thinking that <laughs> they are. Yes. Um
2: Anyway, move on. I love it. I love
0: it. It's got got great, it's got fantastic restaurants, Mm. lovely people. Yep. I mean, Tassie as a whole. I've never had a bad time in Tasmania. I've been to Lonnie, I've been to Bernie. But yeah, Hobart, number
1: one. Hobart, very nice spot. I like the markets there too. They're terrific. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Salamanca Market. It's
1: brilliant. Oh, brilliant. Fantastic. Loved it. Um, Mr. Manix,
2: numero uno. Well, there's probably no surprise what I'm going to say. The Gold Coast, in particular, surface Paradise, like Burley Heads and Broadbeach and, you know, Buds Beach and all that, they're great, but, you know, it's finally hinted at before. I like the fast and tackiness. <laughs> um, I love the, the heart of the city, the energy of the city. Um, And you got the beach and stuff. It just got a mixture of everything. And you know, um, if it doesn't work out here, I'll go to Darwin. But um, but no, I think this is just—it's just a wonderful balance of nature and Vegas. And so that really works for me. (laughs) Are you um? Are you beach swimming much? Uh, Not at the moment. Um, It's it's been bloody cold. Well, the water's 21 degrees, so there's really no excuse. But, um, yeah, I'm sort of acclimatised now. So if it's 26, I'll think, oh, well, maybe I'll have a crack. (laughs) Um, I I did go for a walk without the shirt on and get a bit of a tan the other day. But, um, yeah, look, you know, as a Queenslander now, it's – you know, I don't. I'm not even thinking about the water until it's 26. Well, apparently my outdoor pool's kind of heated, so I could be doing some laps in that. Oh, okay. Um, but anyway, look, you know, um, I love it. I'm a member of Hollywood showgirls, so it just doesn't get any better than this, Kev. It's expensive, but what the fuck?
1: Is it really? Is it? Is it an expensive place to live in terms of uh, you know just your day to day stuff?
2: Oh. Well, I started cooking this week and that <laughs> seemed to save a lot of money because, you know, I have four bites of a schnitzel and, you know, I'm done, I can't eat this. You know, you pay 30 bucks for a schnitzel and you eat a quarter of it. Um, but, no, nah, look, you know, body corporate I, I'm really not happy with. Um, yep. But, you know, but you know, I've got two pools and stuff. So, But, no, nah, look, it's it's a great city. Half the population is on holiday so they're happy. See so surrounded by happy people. Yeah. So well done, Service Paradise. If you look at the our poll, you know, I'm giving it five points. I think finally give it four and you gave it three. So it's clearly winning as the most popular city in Australia. Mm.
1: Yeah, it does it does work uh, from that point of view, absolutely. Um my number one one comes in a shock to anybody I've fallen in love with Inverloch, I've fallen in love with the whole area. Um that's where we're going to live. Um and uh, I'm really happy about that. It's got like you said it has got it's got all the good things that the Gold Coast got without the tackiness, without the Vegas <laughs> part of it, which is really nice. It's got lovely beaches. It's got uh, just it just it it's a nice little little close-knit community. The people are incredibly friendly. There's an enormous amount of people. When there are people there who are on holidays and who are happy, so it's a it's a happy place to be. Um, it's it's got everything you want. Um, can walk around there and just in, enjoy life. And um, a, and and you and you walk. I must admit, I drive into the place and the air's the air's fresher, the air's cleaner. Um, I don't I don't cough as much. at all all, the, all those things that you get in the city that you just. To forget about half the time you don't have there, which is it's, and it's it's terrific. So looking forward to that, <laughs> when that So happen? Do you leave the
2: bong at home when you go to Inverlog, Kev? The, the
1: the bong. Yeah,
2: yeah. you said the air's fresher and all of that stuff. You air leave the much bong fresher at home.
1: And... Not a not a bong person, as you know, Brian. <laughs> I, <don't>
2: know. <laughs> I know, that, but I just thought it was too good not to say. No,
1: fair enough. No, that's.
0: <laughs> is in, Inverlog South Gippsland? Yeah. Oh well, you can forage for mushrooms too. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's uh, that's the so one. So you
2: you and Sarah <laughs> just get down there and get off your off your trees and wander around picking mushies and no we to don't get over the lack of bongs. Is not that what's happening.
1: Not, not picking the mushrooms, Brian. <laughs> Trust me on that one. Uh, no, it's a, it's just a lovely part of the uh, of the world, and uh, the the fresh produce down there is very good. Except for the mushrooms.
0: don't eat the mushrooms.
1: Um, Goodness me, isn't that a... are
2: you going to get any cattle, Kev? Down cattle? at
1: Inverloch? I live, in the, I live like two seconds from the main street, Brian. I, it, it's, no, I'm well not, then um, you can ride them
2: into the main street. I you de- might not need a car. <laughs> I did. We. You we, won't need a lawnmower or a car. We if did you get a couple. Of cows. We did
1: muck around with the thought of having some land and and doing that sort of a, a, a thing, but then I then I realised I'd have to mow all the stuff and all that, and I went no. So no, 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 uh, anything but. So no, it won't be. It's not a it's not a green acres uh tree change it's just a uh one of those get out of the city tree changes because i'm i'm, I'm Melbourne's doing my head in now just in terms i know that i know the cbd as you mentioned finally is a terrific spot um and i'm pleased that it's coming back uh from where it was when it was you know in the in the death throes to be honest um, uh, around uh, post covid there for a little while i'm pleased it's coming back but Around the the periphery of the city now is just so congested, so horrible to try and get around. To get from, to get from my house into the city now is just a bloody nightmare. Between trying to get out of out of my suburb and then get on the highway, and then the links, um, and, then, and the, the traffic, it's just ridiculous. Ridiculous. You could
2: probably get to law uh, to find his number five in lawn quicker. The morning quicker.
1: Oh, if I can get – once I get on the highway and head to Geelong, boom, boom, you're there. But we turn the other way, turn left on the highway and try to go to Melbourne, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I I won't even go to Footscray now to buy seafood because it takes me two hours to get there and back. That's just bloody ridiculous. Wow.
0: Where are you getting your heroin from?
1: Yeah, usual. (laughs) Usual place. A bloke next door. He's good. He's still good. He's, He's still got the meth lab next door in the garage. He's fine. Yeah. He's going
2: well, and it's easier to transport to Inverloch than the bong because it <laughs> spills and gets on your clothes and leaves that horrible bong water smell on your clothes. I've got one no of those. Good.
1: I've got one of those cases that you talked about that your uh, African American friends had in Darwin. I've got one of those. I just transported around in that. Easy. <laughs> easy. doors. Uh, that brings to a close another uh, exciting, fun-filled and overly long episode of... Uh, the, of the longest episode <laughs> ever, I reckon. I reckon Poor old Gatesy, who's uh, going to be uh, producing this one, is going to be going, Jesus, does this show go this long all the time? Anyway.
2: Um, well, He's got two jobs to do. We should have told him this at the start. Cut out the comment and... Put the echo on death, Eliza. Rest of it's ready
1: to go. <laughs> thank you, Brian. Uh, Executive producer Brian Mannix. Uh, uh. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, boys. That um, was uh, there was a, a nice little trip around Australia. Enjoyed that. Finally, it's on you for the next list.
0: Have a think. No worries, and just to keep Gatesy on, just to keep Gatesy on his toes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> thank you boys enjoy the uh, enjoy the week and we shall uh, we shall talk next week when uh, the footy will be another step closer to a grand final winner for 2023 have fun see you boys over boy. and out brian
0: you've just experienced rock and roll don't forget to follow us on twitter and facebook